Jesus says to you today, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Amen. I love Jesus, don't you? He's so wonderful. He speaks a better word. He speaks words of life. Amen. Jesus explains the reason why we're alive, the reason why you and I are created, the reason he chose us. You know, he's chosen all of us, but we've got to choose him back. We've got to respond to that call that he's put on each one of us. Jesus called us so that we could represent him, so that the life that's in him would flow us into the world around us. Before time began, the Bible tells us that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the Trinity, the Elohim, right? God is not just one being. God is three. He's, he's one being, but he's three persons in that one being. And together, they communed with each other. They loved one another before time began. And they decided, before time began, that every person would be an image bearer of them. That they would create others like them. In Genesis, the Godhead say, let us make man in our image. And created mankind, you and I, that's why we're here. And the reason why he created us, the reason why you were not born in heaven, you were born here, 
is so that the invisible qualities of God would be seen in your life. In a vine, a grapevine, my parents um, decided when we moved to their, our second house that they would try and grow as many fruit and vegetables as they could in the garden. It's not a huge garden, but there's enough room for some veg fruit and vegetables. And I remember they, they decided they were going to have a grapevine. And a grapevine goes from the ground and just kind of goes and goes and goes. And it has hundreds of branches coming off it. And the life that's inside the vine, the life that's inside the vine, that you can't see the nutrients, the goodness, the water, eventually, if things are set up right, it will bear fruit. And you come along and you just enjoy that fruit. Has anyone grown fruit vegetables themselves? Something satisfying about it, isn't it? Rather than picking it up from Tesco's, you know, you buy it, you grew it yourself. That's what the Father's looking for. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for you. To see, is the life that's in Jesus found in you? I heard someone once say that for God so loved Jesus that he wanted more like him. You know the scripture, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel message. But guess what? Before Jesus died on the cross, before the world began, God knew how he was going to rescue mankind. He even says that Jesus was killed, he was slain before the world began. How did that happen? Because he didn't die until the world was there. Well, in the Father's mind, he'd already seen how he was going to save mankind, how he was going to bring you and I back into our original purpose of why we're alive. And Jesus, through the cross, through the resurrection, has dealt with the sin problem. He's dealt with the evil problem in us so that now we can bear the fruit, the life of God in us. Amen? To the Father's glory. So that he doesn't look at you with disappointment. He looks down and he's going to find something in you that he loves, that he likes, that he takes delight in. The fruits of the Spirit. We know them from the book of Galatians. It speaks about the qualities of a believer if they are walking in right relationship with God. But all of those things, they are Jesus. They are who Jesus is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Jesus is love. God is love. Amen? Jesus is peace. God is peace. And so that which is with God, which is invisible with God, should be seen in you so that people see God through you. That's ultimately why you're alive. That's what it means to abide with God. If a branch is properly connected to the vine, it will bear the fruit. So we've got to rely on God and not ourselves to bear the life and the fruit of God. You can't do it yourself. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So, you know, everyone, you know, even if they're not a Christian, Right? They can be loving, they can be peaceful to an extent. We all can to an extent because we're made in the image of God. However, we're limited, aren't we? We all hit that wall where you know, you just, there's nothing else to give. But with God, he keeps on giving. In fact, the scripture after this is Jesus talking about, if the world hates you, remember that hate, hate you. No, sorry, if the world hates you, remember that they hated me first and so on. So Jesus then speaks about rejection and all of those things. 
And those things that we go through in life as believers, as non-believers, they're just the things of life. But if you have a revelation of love, amen, that you are loved, and that you can bear that love and that joy within your soul, nothing can take that away from you. Nothing can take it away from you. So we're called to love, we've been redeemed, and that is why God cuts away the things that are dead in us. The things that are not going to bear the life of God that he desires. I told you about the vineyard, but um, I remember one summer my parents were like, you need to just sort that vineyard out and just sort it out. And I remember a whole day I was just cutting and cutting and cutting every little thing that wasn't bearing fruit, every little straggling bit of branch. I just cut it away, cut it away. And it felt like, oh, what about this one? No, 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 that's got to go. That's got to go. Because if you don't prune, if you don't dress a vine, it just turns into a stick. Do you know that? Because just the, the nutrient just it just dries up. And then when I came to it at the end of the summer, I just couldn't believe how many grapes we've got. I was like, we can start business. You know what I mean? It was amazing. That's what God wants. But the cutting process, right, for the plant is not so nice, right? Being cut with a pair of secateurs, it's not so nice, is it? However, and it's the same for us, God will cut things out of your life that are dead. And if you didn't do it, there wouldn't be fruit. It's painful, but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary that God removes things from your life. Think, what about this little thing? What about this thing? If anyone's done any kind of gardening at all, you can have little suckers on plants, little on trees, you know, and they look like cute little things you want to leave there, right? Like little mushrooms and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know, myself, so cute little things. But you, 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 you see things, you think, that belongs on the tree. Little, little mushrooms, they don't. They're sucking the life out of the tree. Okay. Same with God. There's things in our life that look great, that look nice, but you just leave that. There's no problem with that. God says, no, you've got to get rid of it. Because if you don't, you'll suck the life out of you. Amen? For all of us, it's going to be different things, but it's primarily going to be on your character, who you are, right? anger issues, whatever it is, God will deal with it. God will deal with the, the source of it. So we've got to abide, we've got to understand that connection that we have with him. And then we need to let his words abide in us. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. So we've got to abide and let his words abide in us. Every word of scripture is God-breathed. Every word you think, well, just is it just the words of Jesus in the gospel? No, because Jesus, as God, has inspired the whole word of God. So the, the word nourishes your soul. That's what it's there for. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God. And that's why we need it. You think, I'll just go a week, two weeks without reading the Bible. But what will happen is your joy will be diminished, right? Patience, all of those the fruits of the Spirit that you should be walking in, they've been dried up because you've not had the nutrients necessary. Amen? We can be transformed by the renewal of our minds if we understand the Word of God. Psychologists have found that most of our thought life, everyone, everyone you meet, the majority of the thoughts that they think are negative, repeating thoughts, just churning over. Someone said this, this happened to me, Someone said, like, it's just negative stuff. If anyone ever asks you, do you meditate, right? 
The answer is we all meditate on something. This doesn't turn off, even at night. But it's your choice on what you put in there. Let my words abide in you. Put the word of God in your mind, in your soul. Put it in there. So that when the things of life come up, you have what God says going on. And it will nourish your soul. When you feel discouraged, when something's going on, you can bring the word of God to mind. That he restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. And that's why we need all of the word of God. Amen? And then he says, if, my, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish. If you know God's word, you know what his word is to you, you can know his will. You can know his will for your life. Anything you ask, God wants to give to you. Everything that Jesus ever asked the Father, think about this, everything Jesus ever asked Father God in heaven, he got there's only one prayer he didn't get answered, which was when he's going to the cross and he said, if there's any other way, please take this cup of suffering from me. But not my will be done, but yours. It's the only prayer the Father didn't answer was to take the cup of suffering away. Because Jesus needed to take the cup of suffering all the world. In fact, that took, right, that took place right after he said these words in John 15. So Jesus speaks about abide in my love, remember my love, as the Father has sent me, so I have sent you. And yet, later that evening, he would go into the garden and he would start the process of suffering for mankind. That's, that's the love that Jesus has. Greater love has no one than this. And he lays down his life for his friends. The love that would be called, the life of love would be called is a life of sacrificial love. But it's one that's fueled by the love and the joy for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus didn't want to go through the cross, but it was necessary, because on the other side of it, he brings many sons to glory, brings many children to glory. If it wasn't for the cross, none of you could go to heaven. None of you could be saved. No one could be. Before Jesus was born, after Jesus was born, it was absolutely necessary that Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment of your sin. But now... That redemption, when we receive Jesus, we receive that redemption. We receive that redemption into our hearts and our souls. And now that right relationship with God's been restored. So we can ask anything in his name, anything in the name of Jesus, we can ask the Father, and he will do it. Now, it doesn't mean, look, I can ask for a helicopter. It doesn't mean that. It means if you're praying in the will of God, he will do things for you. I remember, we, you know, as a family, we... we had some financial difficulties a little while ago, and I just couldn't see a way out of it. And I remember just asking God, I said, I remember on my knees, on my bed, and just praying, Lord, you know how we got to this point. You know the things that have happened, the things that are not our fault, the things that are our fault. Lord, you can, I, I believe you can help us. Please help us. And I heard the Lord say to me, how he was going to fix it. In my, in my mind, in my soul, I heard him say how he was going to get us out of that situation. And if he did it that way, it would be an absolute miracle. But the next day, I got a message saying that it was going to happen. And it was just completely unexpected. And God resolved 
the issue that we have. Now, God cut debt out of our life, amen? That was one thing that he cut out. But, how did I stand on that word? How did I get to that place of prayer with God? Because it says in the word of God, let no debt be outstanding except the debt to keep on loving one another. God doesn't want you in debt. God doesn't want you in these things that we find ourselves in. And so, standing on his word, with his words abiding in me, in that relationship with God, saying, you can, you can solve this. And he says, I will. And he did. Praise God. And when you see your prayers get answered, when God shows up for you, your joy is going to be complete. The way God has set up you receiving joy, a big part of it, it's not just that, it's not just the feeling of joy that we have in our hearts from being in relationship with God. It's also getting your prayers answered. It is incredible when your prayers are answered. Some of you are standing, needing a prayer answered, you're needing something to happen, and you're in the midst of it, okay? And you're waiting for breakthrough to come. But listen, even before the breakthrough comes, you can abide in the presence of the Almighty. He shadows you. He covers you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And when he finally shows up, and he shows up, there's great joy. Amen? And we all rejoice with you when he shows up. So he deals with the heart of the matter. He deals with, for me, he dealt with some lack of trust, lack of generosity. Those, those things I struggled with. And, and, God, and God did great work in my heart and our hearts to be generous again and to be free of that lack of generosity, um, that lack of trust, and maybe being too materialistic at times, that kind of thing. And God dealt with some things that were not from him. So God is always in the process of cutting and refining and shaping you so that the fruits of the life of Jesus flows through you. Amen. For some of you, it's going to be things in your marriage, just little things. There's a verse in the Old Testament. It says, the little foxes are what spoil the vine. The little foxes. Little foxes um, coming along and stealing the fruit. If there's sin in you, if you're married, if you're not even married yet, but if you, especially if you are married, there's things that come into your marriage, into your life, into this, and there's trying to steal the fruit and the joy of that marriage. But don't forget that your relationship with God is very much like a marriage as well. And so don't let anything steal the life and the joy away. Stay abide in His presence, stay abide in His word, and keep asking. Many things that we need to see breakthrough for is because we're just not asking enough. Amen? You have not because you ask not a lot of the time. Keep asking God because he wants to hear you. Hello? Come on, wake up, everyone. <laughs> I want to tell you a story, then I'm going to kind of conclude it in a moment. Well, I want to tell you this story. A few years ago, I was in Cambridge where we were living at the time, and I was going to go to... Uh, the Midlands, I was going to do an interview there, and I had about a day, a day and a half to get there and back, and I was by myself, I, I didn't have, I love my family, but I didn't have them with me that week, so I could just kind of do what I want for once. I love you, but I think it's sometimes, baby's, I think baby's actually a baby at the point, I just left Hannah at home, and, and you were with your mum, I think, at the time, and I remember, um, I got to the train station, I thought, you know what, the next two days, I want to tell as many people about Jesus as I can. Because I just, I just had this sense of I should. I'm, 
I'm going to be traveling a long way. I'm going to be on trains. I'm going to be all, all kinds of different places. I want to tell as many people about Jesus as I can. So I get to Cambridge train station. And I start talking to people. And I feel like no one's listening. I feel like I'm trying to tell one person who's not listening, not interested. And I remember this scripture. It says, Beloved is in Jude 1. It's, it'll come up on the screen. It says, Building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. If I'm praying and if I'm really trying to do life with God, I've got to really rely on my relationship with God, my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I, on the train station in Cambridge, I just start praying in the Spirit. I start praying in my prayer language to God. And all of a sudden, it like shifts. It's like the atmosphere around me shifts. I felt this very strong pull I've got to go to the other side of the train station. I've only got about six minutes until my train comes. And yet I find myself walking all the way the other way. And I get there and I see this guy with a hood on, black hood, black trousers, big black boots, and he's drawing some kind of artwork on the train station. Now, all I felt in my heart for him was love. I just can't explain it. You know, I didn't go up to him and say, I love you, that would be strange. But I did. I genuinely just felt the love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit flowing through me. And I go, hey, making conversation, what are you up to? He's, he's like, oh, I'm just doing some curses. Not even joking, he's doing a pentagram around on the curse. Literally, he's, I'm a Satanist, I'm doing some curses. I'm like, oh, and I, just, I can't hear what he's saying because the love is like so powerful. Because God's love is more powerful than the devil, amen? And so I say to him, do you know that God loves you so much? He has a plan for you. Jesus died for you. I, did, I know if I said it all in one sentence, but I definitely said it in the conversation. I said, are you in pain in your body? And he says, oh, I'm in, I'm in loads of pain. I'm in loads of pain. Just talk like that. He lives on the streets. I've seen him a few times around. And uh, I say, what's wrong? He says, well, the other week I got hit by a car. And it's, and it's, it's, it's put my back at an angle. And he was right. He was actually like, he looked like that. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I'm surprised he went to the hospital about it or anything. But he was in a real mess. He said it was a couple of weeks ago. But I wondered if it was a longer term injury. I said, you know, God will heal you. God will heal you. You know, he loves you so much. He'll show you that he loves you. Can I just pray for you? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And he sits there. My train's actually coming. And I'm like, just sit there. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I command this leg to grow. It was that much shorter than the other. Visibly. Not because he had big boots on, but like you could tell. He knew it. He told me that. And I'm waiting there. And I'm just believing by faith God's going to do something. It felt like the longest 10 seconds of my life. But at the end of that 10 seconds, his legs are just grew. And he goes, Whoa! What'd you do? You're freaking me out! I'm not even joking. I'm like, it's alright, it's because God loves you so much. And, he want, and I'm, don't forget, I'm kneeling on the pentagram. No one take that out of context for social media, right? That little clip, Sam, Sam Nelson, no. Because the devil tried to say, stay away from this man, he's mine. Holy Spirit goes, no, he's actually mine. Because I purchased yeah. him by the blood. I actually purchased everyone, all of you, 
with my blood so that I could redeem you. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. God loves you. God will go beyond. God's great. So God defeated the devil at the cross. So you see people and you're scared of them sometimes. Just love them. Love, love breaks through. Love breaks through. And so he's, I see him and share the gospel with him. But my train's coming, and there's a Christian guy there, and he sees it. He goes, this is amazing, because you know this man that you just prayed for, he's only got a few months to live. He's got terminal cancer. Now, I don't know if it was true or not, because I, I saw him like a year later, so I don't know if God healed him as well, but it was one of those moments, like, you've got to take, the, you, got, you know what I mean? You've got to take the opportunity to, if the Spirit of God is, is, is asking you to do something. And this is the crazy part, is that when I got on the train, <laughs> I finally got on the train. It's a Friday evening. And everyone's crammed on this train. And I am full of the joy of the Lord. Okay? And I'm, I get on this train. And there's ten people in this corner of this train. And I'm sitting there. And this has just happened. And I'm like... And I just say, this thing, I want to hear a story. <laughs> and, all, and, and there's ten people there like... And one person going, yeah, I'd love to hear a story. Oh, I'm so glad. And I told them all. I told all of them the gospel. Down the whole train, praise God. Sat down next to a 12-year-old runaway, it felt like. And God gave me a word of knowledge for him. It just carried on for two days, all of these supernatural things. And I'm thinking, God, God can do this. If you abide in him, if you abide in his spirit, if you abide in his love, you will bear much fruit. Amen? You might think, I can't do any of these things. Without me, you can do nothing, Jesus. You're only bold, you're only loving, you're only gracious, you're only full of power from on high. Because you know him, and because you, rep you want to represent him. Jesus said, I called you friends, not just servants. You're not just a servant of God. You're a friend of Jesus. Friends know each other. Friends understand each other. Jesus can whisper something to you, and you will respond to it. But I wonder how many of us struggle with just spending time with God, abiding in his presence, reading his word, believing him, and believing that he has so much more in store for you than you could ever do, than you could ever achieve. Jesus has called us to have his joy live in us and have that joy complete. And I wonder how many of us, if I was to ask everyone, is your joy complete? Including myself, how many of us would struggle to say yes? It's not that you don't have problems. It's not that you don't have trials, because we all do. But are you walking in the love of God? Are you abiding in the love of God and relying on his love to overcome? I just want us to stand as we conclude this message and just respond. And... Um, if all of this seems absolutely foreign to you, why don't we just stand and just respond to the Holy Spirit?